Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, July 19th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The ground under trees in Missouri's forests may be an untapped resource for agriculture. You grow 100 pounds of ginseng root out in the woods at five, 600 a pound, well, that's pretty good money. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on forest farming, a practice that is on the rise and getting more people into agriculture. Missouri wants the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to make an exception that would allow the state to move ahead with its vaccine incentive plan. The CDC says incentives are not allowed to be worth more than $25 per person if some of the organization's funding is used. The Missouri Independent reports the state's Department of Health and Human Services acting director has written the CDC saying blanket policies for all states, quote, preclude options that have a realistic opportunity for success. The disagreement comes as Missouri copes with a sharp increase in new COVID-19 cases sparked by the Delta variant. Caseloads are back at levels not reported since January. St. Louis County launches a back-to-school immunization program today. Families can get children immunized at the county's health clinics on North Hanley, Jennings Station Road, and South Lindbergh Road for all required shots and the COVID-19 vaccine. The county's Department of Public Health says there is no cost for the shots and appointments are not necessary. This initiative comes as many districts are preparing to start classes in roughly a month. The special immunization effort will run until September 17th. The St. Louis Symphony Orchestra has received nearly $200,000 in grant money to help it reach out to black audiences and young musicians. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. Leaders of the St. Louis Symphony say people of color have long been excluded from classical music organizations and audiences. The grant money, most of it from the Bear Fund, will help the orchestra mentor music students and support its In Unison Chorus, which focuses on work by black composers. Orchestra Vice President and General Manager Eric Finley says a network of 33 black churches around St. Louis provides chorus members and ideas about how to be more inclusive. We can't do it on our own. We don't know enough, and we have to really listen to our churches, listen to our partners, listen to all of the diverse corners of our community. A smaller grant will fund diversity training for orchestra musicians and staff. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. The Illinois National Guard says time is running out for Congress to reimburse it for costs incurred during its months-long deployment to the U.S. Capitol after the January 6th insurrection. Major General Rich Neely is commander of the Illinois National Guard. He says it faces a $31 million shortfall if funding does not come through by August. It goes back to our motto, always ready, always there, because we have to be prepared at a moment's notice to respond. And so this not only affects national security, but it also affects homeland um, and our states and our communities, the security that we have there. Neely says the Illinois National Guard will be forced to furlough 1,000 civilian employees, ground aircraft, and cancel drills. A vine infection that can threaten vegetables, including peppers, squash, and pumpkins, may cause problems for fall holidays. Phytophthora blight is caused by a fungus that is common in the Midwest. Mohamed Babadoust is a professor of plant pathology at the University of Illinois. He says heavy rain has led to the infection showing up early this year. 
after middle of August or close to the end of the season in September or so. But this year, in the first week of July, was too much. The early presence in Illinois could threaten availability of pumpkin pie and jack-o'-lanterns this fall. Illinois is the nation's biggest pumpkin producer, including more than 90% of the canned pumpkin sold in the U.S. The role of trees in agriculture tends to be viewed as the lumber industry or highly organized orchards to grow fruit. But St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports some farmers are looking to the forest floor to get more people into agriculture, at least part-time. Dennis Lindbergh's five acres in southern Missouri don't look like a farm. After making our way past a fence and through a thicket of sticker bushes, we're in a heavily forested area on sloping ground. All around the forest floor are smatterings of small green plants. They're intentional. Those are the crops. Now, here's some ginseng here that I planted, and I'm taking the seed from it and just planting it right down in here so it'll spread. But you got to get the seed in the ground. Lindbergh grows ginseng, golden seal, and other plants that prosper in the shade. They're used in cooking, medicines, and supplements. He's one of a growing number of people who are doing very small-scale farming in forested areas to serve niche markets. Lindbergh says it's possible to make a decent living this way. You grow 100 pounds of ginseng root out in the woods at five, 600 a pound, well, that's pretty good money. It's not quite that easy, though, because ginseng needs seven years to grow before harvest, and it's worth more if you wait longer. Lindbergh has been forest farming for almost 40 years, and much of that time he's had another job raising hogs. Forest farming advocates say it's an underutilized form of agriculture. Hannah Hemmelgarn is with the University of Missouri Center for Agroforestry. She says the key is to find the right crops to plant in the right kind of forest. And and I think there are ways that, that people who are doing this are getting really creative and creating markets and uh, creating interest in these value-added products especially. Forest farmers are also finding markets for products including black walnuts, witch hazel, and ramps. The Helmuth family owns Ozark Forest Mushrooms in Missouri. They grow a special variety of shiitake mushrooms on white oak logs. Instead of building shade shelters, they grow them under a stand of yellow pine trees on their land about 150 miles southwest of St. Louis. Stacks of logs under special blankets are covered with mushrooms waiting to be picked. Henry Helmuth says these mushrooms are analogous to heirloom tomatoes. These have uh, a stronger flavor, are more unique, um, and it's also just a different variety, so you'll see the ones in the store look slightly different. Um, They have got just a subtly different flavor. Henry Helmuth is the son of the founders of the farm. They harvest between 100 and 500 pounds of mushrooms a week all year round and drive them to St. Louis, where they're sold for $10 a pound wholesale to restaurants and specialty grocery stores and a couple bucks more at farmer's markets. He says this farm is profitable in part because they also have a B&B that is booked months in advance and includes a mushroom tour with the stay. Not to be too pessimistic, but there's many easier ways to make a living. Just any small-scale farming operation, you're going to realize it's not... Uh, a prof- that profitable an endeavor. It's a hard endeavor, seven days a week, always working. Um, but also a lot of people love that lifestyle, you know, feeling connected to your work directly. And that draw to farm and work with the land may get more people into forest farming, partially because the cost to get into the business is much lower than conventional farming. 
Hemmelgarn says a few acres and some basic supplies costs far less than hundreds of acres and the high-tech machinery needed to grow row crops like corn or wheat. Keeping trees in the ground, planting trees, and thinking about ways to integrate our livelihoods with tree landscapes and making a livelihood or a part of your livelihood from those spaces, um, I, I hope is going to be more part of the agricultural landscape moving forward. She says another part of the allure to forest farming is the desire to mitigate climate change. More trees means less carbon in the atmosphere. The U.S. Department of Agriculture identifies forest farming as a good alternative to supplement income for farmers and other landowners, but stops short of calling it a full-time occupation. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. You can see pictures of the forest farms at stlpublicradio.org. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.